brown hair, like it was a ploy to draw attention to his artfully sculpted haircut, and put a finger up in the air. The question stopped and the cameras turned toward him. We're very pleased the judge agreed that the police violated my client's Fourth Amendment right to privacy with their illegal search, Amato said. Mr. Scott is innocent of these heinous crimes. He looks forward to returning to his routine, as well as seeing the real killer brought to justice. We have no further statement at this time. Thomas couldn't help but smile, even though he had been concentrating on looking neutral. Amato warned him that every newspaper tomorrow would run a picture of his face on the front page, and his expression would be endlessly analyzed. Plus, he knew how he looked. His nickname in high school was Caveman, thanks to his heavy brow and big hands. Losing most of his hair in the last few years hadn't helped anything. He wasn't handsome like a motto. The guy was young, probably no more than 30, but he was confident and smooth. He looked like the kind of lawyer you saw on television. When Thomas was first arrested, he got a dozen offers from attorneys looking to represent him. Amato was the only one who made him feel comfortable. It helped that Amato offered to take the case pro bono, too. But while he was good, he wasn't that good. The press didn't want to hear that there'd be no further statement. They continued to shout questions, pushing closer. Beyond them were people screaming, Monster! And Murderer! And Psychopath! Thomas felt like if the press wasn't in between him and them the crowd would tear him apart. Amato gripped Thomas's arm and pulled him through the crowd. One of the reporters grabbed his other arm, trying to get his attention, and Thomas yanked it away. Anger and fear and confusion were buzzing in his head like a swarm of flies. He tried to distract himself as they pushed through the crowd. Focus on something good. He thought about home. He wondered if it had gotten dusty in the five days that he was gone. Probably did. He'd have to sweep, but then he'd have to mop, too, just to be sure. That's the thing about dirt. It's a constant battle just to keep it at bay. He thought about his bathroom, too, his clean bathroom. It would be a welcome sight after the cold metal toilet bolted to the wall in his cell. It looked like it hadn't been cleaned since it was installed. Thomas couldn't bring himself to sit on it. He had to hover over it his legs aching and cramped because of the awkward angle. Early on, Amato had been hopeful the judge would set bail, but given the high-profile nature of the case and the clear and present danger to the community, Thomas was remanded to Rikers Island. Amato warned him it wasn't going to be a pleasant visit, that anyone who was believed to have perpetrated violence against children wasn't safe in a prison setting. There was a hierarchy, and an alleged child murderer would be at the bottom. That became clear on the first day. Thomas was waiting to use the phone to call Amato when a young man called him a kitty killer and cracked him in the jaw. He went tumbling to the floor, and a group of inmates surrounded him. Through their kicking feet, he could see one guard rushing to help him, and another guard step in his way, to make him wait, to give the inmates a few minutes to beat on him. After a doctor, who wouldn't look Thomas in the eye, confirmed that he didn't have any cracked ribs or internal bleeding, the guards decided to put him in solitary confinement. The Bing, people called it. It was a small room with a cot, a thin foam mattress, and a toilet-sink combo. 
He was alone for 23 hours a day. That lone hour of freedom was for the shower or walking around in a circle in a small activity room. In the beginning, it wasn't so bad, outside of the pain. He would roll over in his sleep, and a jolt would travel through his torso, and he'd wake up. But Thomas didn't mind the rest, the solitary part. He was used to being alone. It was the filth that got to him. Being locked in a place where dirt had won the war, it was pretty much his worst nightmare come true. The grimy window and the crud on the toilet, the dirt in the corners that he couldn't quite wipe away with a wad of wet toilet paper, the occasional roach that would scurry across the floor. He could never figure out where they came from. They just appeared. He asked a corrections officer for a bucket of cleaning supplies, figuring that cleaning would help pass the time. The officer just laughed at him. Thomas didn't understand.